All right, ready? Yep. And action! Welcome back to another episode of Rip Through a Podcast. It is your boy Mitch Robinson, Shawnee T in the building. Episode 50. Episode 50, I know. Holy, and that's not including the yeah. chats and stuff I've had with people. Well, when you said 49 last week, I thought, what are Correctly. we doing for 5.0? This, We're is, doing this is Mayweather We're episode. We've gone back to our second podcast studio, <laughs> which is, is a cinema room. We're back. This is it. This is uh, it. I've got the big screen there. got the laptop. got everything in here. Um, this house is a little bit messy at the moment because I'm moving around and everything. So we've got a baby due number three due in May. So... Yeah, making a house more of a home again. So congratulations yeah, again so on no, that. No, 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 no. Three girls, Big <laughs> two girls. shotguns. Yeah. Um, but yep. yeah, so that, that's uh, that's what I've been up to. But um, it, it is kind of a we've got some stuff in the works for it through a podcast. So for all you listeners out there and viewers or whatever platform you're on, we are expanding. We're going to go into the sports world. So every Thursday we're going to be getting on Alice Glenn and Jordan Kahu on the podcast. Um, it's kind of like just delve into everything sports, not just not just our AFL world. So if you do like NRL, make sure you listen, but that's pretty big names. It's a big big crossover. It big is. crossover. I mean, Alex Glenn, captain of the Broncos last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he played massive. like a shitload of games too, like 200 plus. When, when, I, when I got added into the group chat, I didn't really know <laughs> what was going on. Uh, and you have about five Instagram accounts, so you're the last one to reply to. And you kept saying, check your DMs. I had no idea what you were talking about. And I saw this group chat and I'm thinking, what is going on here? Um, but to, mate, to, to see the boys be so keen about it, like that's, yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to. I think it's cool because they've obviously finished up um, NRL now, so they can kind of talk on what they think of the game and players and mm. and because we've got a player's code I do in AFL I can't really talk shit about other players at the moment so yeah at the moment because yeah. we are the people's podcast the players podcast so at the moment um, I'm a little bit treading water and obviously I've got yeah. the club to think about too because I don't want to go and stepping on toes when I'm still playing for the club because in, in saying that like the, the club has sponsors and they're my employer so like yeah. imagine like working at Woolies or wherever it is and then talking shit about Woolies well, well let's let's peel, <laughs> let's peel a couple of layers back I mean let, let's give the, the rip through a family a bit of an insight into how this works so yeah. you're right you do push the envelope probably as far as it yeah, can yeah, go yeah. Um, but the club does have awareness around some of the topics that we do talk about yes yeah. so, we've got, so one today especially we'll talk about um, Ellis Yeoman's departure from the club and what yeah. that was like and how that went down so Obviously, I text the club first. I'm like, hey, guys, just this, this, this so you know, it's all good if I talk about this. I'm not going to go into like 100% details because we have our four walls and we like to keep shit in-house, obviously, with the club. So in that regards, um, I do run it by them and they tick off most episodes. So yep. maybe I will put a sneaky one out there every now and then. But on Thursday, you can have a, more of an opinion too because... Correct. Yeah, I know, I, 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 I do sit back have, and watch it unfold, and then I do have a relationship with Andrew Hamilton, who is obviously the media yeah. manager at the the Lions. Yep. And I did say to him when he first got the job that I would make sure to reel you in at times when we need oh, to, and make sure you don't go too far, which yeah. I obviously try and do. Yeah. But uh, on Thursday, it's no holds barred. That's that's where we're allowed that's to our, kind that's of it, be. That's our- that's our new space. That's good. That, that's I'm excited for it because I just thought about it when I was um doing some stuff, like I was fishing with Chance on the way home. I was like, fuck, like. What else can we do? Because I might hit up Bogut to join on a few episodes because we're just going to cover pretty much what's in the sport. Like, not just AFL, NRL. Like, if it's Correct. like, I was thinking about hitting up my boy Curios today uh, and seeing what he's up to, but I think I might try and get him on Thursday's episode. Um, yep. And I think we're going, so all you guys are based on the Gold Coast and I'm in Brisbane. So you come up here every Tuesday. Yep. I scratch your back and go down to Goldie every, every Thursday. So I think that's going to work out well. And I th- we are going in Gypsy Tales podcast studio. So yes. my boy, Jace McAlpine, I've already done an episode in there with him. It's an amazing setup. And that's kind of like where my goal is to go. So the boys have got a good taste of that. I think they've got good personalities like Alex and Jordan. So And they played a shitload of games and representative games and stuff. So I think their opinion will like will fit in with what 
we're trying to do over here. So I feel a little bit like early Ernie Johnson with Shaq and <laughs> Kenny and Charles. I can't wait. That'll be, be that'll be the dream. It'll be fun. It'll Damn be fun. Man. But look, this is I mean, it is new and I, I, we joked about it before, but you know, when I saw the group chat going off, I thought, okay, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. It's different. There's nothing like it at no. the moment. There's not I haven't seen any cross codes out there. Not 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 like this. No. So it is gonna be different and uh, yeah, I reckon the people are gonna love it. Yeah. So yeah, and also before we start the episode, I don't know if you can notice, but we don't have any mics in front of our faces or our hands. We are using the Shure Lavalier mics at the moment, so pretty much runs down to my pocket, to a receiver and into the, the, the podcast uh, mixer. So big shout out to Jans and uh, Shure up, up here in Australia. They've been doing a lot for us. They've been uh, fans of the podcast since day one. So I thought, why not? I've got these sitting in there. Why aren't I using it? Because I do like to move around a little bit. And sure, his camera can pick me up on the on the fly. So I thought, why not just use these? So I did see some new toys last week, and I was you wondering whether or not we were going to crack them open. Yeah. So, so we got um, these ones too. Um, these ones are the hook on tissue. I think these are more of like recording videos and like actually on the full blown move. Where these ones are like more commentating type thing. So yeah, yeah. Um, we have these in our arsenal. So yeah. we're ready to go whenever you are. But Shorty, tell you what's news, mate. What have you been up to? Well, it's been it's been a good week. I actually wanted to, to jump into the ro- the Rob vlogs because oh. the latest episode's actually about to drop, isn't it? I think tonight. Um, I just sent it off to our um the, the sponsor who sponsored it, and I didn't edit this one, so yeah. it's, the process has been a little bit longer than usual. Like I just smack it out in a few hours. Um, he's kind of had full time work. You know, the guy Isaac who filmed it as well. So, yep. um, paid him a few hundred dollars to get that stuff done. Um, it, it tech. Came up very, very good. So uh, it'll either be tonight once the, the, the TV company TCL sign off on it. Um, you know, it's a pretty strenuous process when you've got sponsors involved because I can't just be like, I can't just like say what I want to say like in terms of like talking shit. So, Welcome to the corporate well, world. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I'm learning along the way. So this is it was a learning process. Um, I think the next one's going to be just as good. But yeah, either tonight or tomorrow night it's going to drop. So um, I watched it fully today. It goes for about 20 minutes, a little bit longer than usual. So... Um, I'm excited, but I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be worried if it only gets like twenty plus thousand views. Like I'm, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to break that hundred k barrier. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's yep. where I'm at. So if we can do that, it'd be amazing. If not, then I'm not gonna cry about it. I really enjoy making these and. Some lucky bastard got a TV and the other one's got some pretty good vouchers, so. I'm waiting to see the YouTube plaque on the wall. With oh, the, that'd, with be, the, that'd the be the disc. dream. The 100K, the 100K subscribers, but yep. I'm only on 20, nearly 20 at the moment. So if you are watching or listening, just go subscribe to my YouTube channel because it supports the dream. So that's pretty much where that's at. Absolutely. And again, just for the people that are starting to follow Rob Vlog, so the challenges are going to happen throughout the year. Is that right? 100%. So usually on the days off or whenever we get time because um, with COVID and our traveling schedules, is pretty tough, so. I'm not going to say, oh, we're going to put out videos weekly, whatever it is. It's just going to be whenever I can really get something going. Um, but no, I really enjoy doing it. So the next one I'm going to do with, um, after, after this episode, you'll see what I'm, what I'm about. Done. But I really do enjoy making these vlogs. It's a bit of, a bit of fun. And, and the podcast and the vlogging this year is going to be my number one, number two. And I'll game throughout the year, like on different times, but... This is, this is my dream. Very nice, very nice. Well, where, where do we start? Because there is a fair bit going on in the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a bit of a rundown here in front of us. Where would you like to start today? Uh, might as well just tick off all the COVID stuff because as I mentioned last week, I'm kind of sick of talking about it, but then this happens. The, the, the D-Day, the Judgment Day, then a few names pop up and one of my teammates actually retire from footy, so... Um, I guess we can we can touch on the, the COVID stuff first. Yeah, so so let's let's start with with Cam first. Yep. So, of course, for those that have sort of come across the news, I believe it dropped on Friday that, that yeah. Cam Ellis Yeoman had joined the inactive list yep. at the at the Brisbane Lions. Was that 
a storyline that you and the rest of your teammates were aware of? Like, how can you sort of speak to us about the developments around Cam? Um, again, we're going to preface this by saying that it is a very deeply personal yeah, situation for yeah. every player. Yeah. But was this particular story one that internally you guys were aware of? I think most of the players understand who, like, who is and who isn't getting vaccinated. Um, and Cam wasn't hiding that fact. Like, we knew his situation throughout the whole process of when we first found out that, you know, you kind of have to be vaxxed to play. And I think Liam Jones, we'll touch on him in a minute, but he was the first one to come out and just retire pretty much instantly when that got mandated. So um, a lot of other players have been kind of just sucking and seeing to see what happens. Um, and Yolman, I've known for a long time that Yolman's, um, um, his situation with it. And it's, I'm not going to get personally to why he, why he has and why he hasn't um, got the vaccination because that's not my place to say. That's definitely his. And I was speaking to him today about coming on the podcast and he was like, I'm down the Gold Coast. Um, what time you want to do it? And I was like, oh, it's going to be 2.30-ish. And then it kind of just faded off. And he's like, and then we talked about it. He goes, no, nah, when he's ready, we'll come out and talk about it because like, it's pretty fresh. And I'm no doubt my mind's been chased by every bloody news outlet in the world. So um, he will come on when he's ready. Um, I'm, I'm guessing I'll be the first person to talk to unless he's getting paid cash. And we don't have that here. So, But knowing his situation and what he's been going through since um, it kind of got compulsorized that he had to, if it's a word, to, to get it done and... Uh, a lot of sympathy for him. With him, um, we found out that it was officially going to happen on Friday when the judgment day was happening and they had to get the first jab by. Um, and then there's a few other players in his boat uh, around the league, but um, he rang me just before uh, the meeting. So obviously he's been talking really closely and, and doing it. And like the, apparently the club's been really good with this stuff. Um, you know, we've had Danny Daly and our, and our welfare manager, Andrew Crowley, who have been in um, close contact with him the whole time, making sure that he's got um, all, the, all the help and support he needs. And... Um, he he chose not to, to speak to the group. Um, you know, I'm guessing from an emotional standpoint and having to come in and do all that stuff was like a little bit full on for him. So he uh, he gave us he gave his close friends a call at the club and he called us about half an hour before the meeting started. So he just let me know the first words were first words were like, um, oh, you what's going on? Um, you know, just he wasn't at our training session in the morning, so I kind of knew what was going on. He's like, oh, um, I'm gonna um, step away from football for a while and just you know sort everything out and then. It was a pretty emotional conversation to have with someone, to be honest, uh, especially a close mate like Yolman. Um, so yeah, that was a bit uh, a bit of a hard moment to, and a hard pill to swallow that he wouldn't be continuing with that equity club for the time being. So I don't know if the, the door is ajar and down the future or whatever it may be, but I'm sure he'd be um, still staying fit and getting ready for footy wherever he goes and plays. But um, yeah, then Danny Daly, at GM, spoke to the club, uh, spoke to the, all the boys in the meeting and the coaches um, talking about you know him and what's going on with him and um that we fully support yolman's decision and and we'll always be there for him regardless of what happens so hopefully he's actually meant to come around and get a haircut today to be honest and i think his, his, hair, his hair's getting a bit long and um that's how much we really love you love um curly he's uh, he's been really um big part of our club for the last few years and it's sad to see him go but that's the reality these days at the moment so yeah as a teammate but as a mate how difficult was that phone call for you to, to yeah. obviously have to hear that yeah, it was, it was tough. Like, for him to say he's retiring, and he's only 28, he's so young, and it's not because of injury, it's not because of anything like that. It's it's, it's a personal choice and um, the freedom to do, to do what you want with your body. So, for him, he's really he's really passionate about, um, you know, with this kind of, with football and, and where he's been in the club. And, and for him, for his, to see him and hear his voice, the way he was talking to me, it was really sad. And it's just a, it's shit because Kerber's here to stay, obviously, and uh, for players like him and um, Liam Jones and and some other players who probably won't 
get the vaccination, it's a, it's it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. That's the reason why your footy career gets cut short, Dustin. Absolutely. Now, now the other major storyline, it'll, it'll, it'll just be the only other COVID-related story that we will discuss today. Before actually getting into some of the other talking points, that we are really keen to to sort of sort of start to put on the agenda leading into 2022, but. Um, Jack Darling was a yeah. was a major story out of Western Australia, and and people probably don't remind themselves at times how big of a name Jack Darling is mm. over in in WA. So, yeah. when you saw that story drop, did you immediately think, "Wow, okay, this isn't obviously just a situation that is confined to Brisbane at the moment with Cam, but yeah. these situations are becoming more and more common around other footy clubs around the league." Because it was on Friday, it just made you immediately think that it had to do with like COVID vaccinations and him not wanting to get it. So, and I think it's even publicly been said that why he's not there. But you just put two and two together. Like obviously, it's about um, the COVID vax. Well, well, this is the is interesting right? part. Like, well, this is the interesting part. Well, the the interesting part is uh, the West Coast Eagles released a statement on yeah. Friday night yeah. um, saying that. Uh, Jack had not adhered to the league's mandate and therefore was no longer in a position COVID, to right? play. But Jack uh, Jack Darling released his own statement on his own social media yeah. um, saying that he was dealing with a workplace injury. So they were two conflicting oh, statements. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that left a lot of people confused as to what the reasoning behind yeah. his absence was. I'm now, pretty sure I saw Jack's Instagram post first. I did and too. And I, I hadn't seen the West, West Coast one, so I immediately thought like, oh, okay, so it's not about COVID if he's gone through that tr- like that length to kind of slap away those comments. Correct. But the West Coast one kind of makes you think, well, what? The, the, the first thing I thought of, to be honest, when yeah. I first saw how conflicting the statements were, yeah. was how deeply private these these matters are for for everyone yeah. you know and and that's where i think when people i, I saw kane's corns come out and say yeah, he came should out pretty be strong, right? very, very strong as he always does and that, that's why we always yeah. appreciate you know um kane and, yeah. and how he how he goes about it but to ask for transparency around these matters i think is very difficult when it is very personal for a lot of people yeah, to, yeah. to make these decisions and um look we'll be really open i'm obviously i'm due for my booster so yeah, i'm obviously yeah. um been vaccinated double vaccinated um you know players like yourself around mm-hmm. the league have obviously adhered to the mandate so when i saw the conflicting statements i just immediately reminded myself how how personal it is for for a lot of players and you know sort of speaking about it is going to be very difficult in yeah. particularly in Jack's circumstances. Yeah. In his circumstances, I think it must be pretty tough for him if he's gone through that much effort to, to like kind of slap it away. If, if you say like kind of get rid of that sentiment that it's about yeah. COVID and it's a personal injury or something like it, it's, it's, I haven't seen something like that before. Correct. Well, and I think timing wise, it's, I don't think it's coincidence in that matter. So I think it's a bit, um, they probably should have gone on the same page and, or maybe the club had to kind of say that. Yeah. Correct. That would be getting hounded, be like, oh, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? All the media be coming after the West Coast Eagles trying to get to Jack. So I don't know. I kind of know how that works. Yeah. Um, so maybe they just thought, like, we had kind of had to get it out there and say, like, well, it's not because of the injury, it's because of that. No, correct. And, and I think, to be honest, whether or not the two parties were initially talking, maybe Jack hadn't actually been made aware yeah. of the statement that was yeah. that was incoming. Um, it, it is going to be interesting if, for more reports, I mean, there are reports that if if the situation remains as it is, as it is then like Liam Jones, Jack's career will, will all be over in the AFL. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to some media reports, you know, the remainder of his deal is valued at around $4 million. Which, Jack's, that was Jack's, yeah, I was thinking that was Liam's yeah. contract. And I was like, 
That Correct. guy's on four million bucks. Which, like, how, he's like twenty. He's like thirty years old. I was thinking, fuck. Which is extraordinary, given you that's know that is an that is an that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. How old is Jack Darling? Oh, I believe he's twenty nine. He'd, he'd have to be between twenty eight and twenty nine. We're just sort of looking that up as we as we talk. But um, according to Wikipedia, which is always the number one source, number he's one, twenty nine years old. So uh, we're, we're talking about money that can see you up for the rest of your life. Mate, that's um, only a million bucks a year. Which is I don't know his deal, what deal is, like how long has he got left, but which is why he, like who signed someone up to like thirty five. Which is why I say before, I mean he's a big name yeah, in WA, yeah, yeah. And, and in terms of West Coast and their plans, yeah. and obviously you know they're still working back from the Willie Rioli scenario. Yeah, yeah. Brad Shepherd, I believe, had yeah. to um, retire on the off season yeah, due yeah, to concussions. concussions. So you know he's a central part of of their you know finals like their aspirations. For sure, like their spine for him to be in there, like as. He's a massive for him, and obviously when um, um, Kennedy goes down, he was out for a fair chunk. So when he goes down, like Darling's the number one pit, uh, number one forward. So and he's been consistent through his whole bloody career. Um, I find it, uh, yeah, I find it um, a little bit surprising that both parties went on the same page with what they released. So unless it's like, um, like we know, I know how it is. With like if if anything goes down with me. Um, I know that my manager and the club will always talk. So I don't know how that's got misconstrued through all that Correct. talk and negotiation, what's going on up there. So it's a bit messy at the moment. But I didn't realise that they were like that. So the Almond thing with the club, that that was done like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, reading the, the reports that have come out of Brisbane, as you spoke about before, it does seem like everyone has tried to be as transparent as possible. Yeah. And I think that's all you can be yeah. in these circumstances when the circumstances allow. But again, it is a very deeply private issue for a, yeah. for a lot of I'm people. I'm not going to go knocking on his door and asking him what's going on because it'll come out sooner or later. And WA is such a small place, but a lot of people, and they're very, very popular. So the same will come out sooner than later, for sure. Correct. Now let, let's change pace because we've got a whole heap of talking points that we're going to delve into yeah. leading into the season. And these are just a couple that, again, they're not, they're not stories that are currently out there. These no. are just topics that we want to add to the agenda. Yeah to get people thinking and talking about them because these are topics that you and I talk about off air all the time. But yeah. um, one that I wanted to sort of raise with you and it's, it hasn't really been spoken about before. We've, we've heard about the idea of having uh, numbers, uh, names on the back of jerseys, which yeah, is, yeah. of course that's is always back up. Who, who started that back up? Harry Mackay. I believe so. Yeah. I believe that's come through and you know, we're starting to see that more and more, but I, I suppose one thing that I wanted to talk about was this notion of whether you believe players uh, could potentially have their Guernsey numbers retired yeah, by, okay. by respective clubs. Yep. And I, I thought it would be an interesting sort of topic yeah. to, to delve into because we see it in the NBA. Yep. Uh, and I reckon one day you're not going to be able to get a number between the between 1 and 20 because they'll all be retired. Exactly. But, uh, is that do, – do you think that's the, 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 the fear with clubs potentially retiring players' no. numbers? Because mm. oh, I, think, I think as far as an honour – as far as, you know, how could you really truly be celebrated by your club? Um, you know, I love the fact that when North Melbourne, when, when Brent Harvey actually retired, mm. uh, North Melbourne actually came out and said, for an indefinite period of time, no one will wear yeah, that, uh, number. that number. Yeah. And I thought that was quite strong. Yeah, now, that's imagine cool. That's very cool. Uh, imagine if, if, you know, yes, we've got the Lockett end and the, the Lloyd end at, yeah, at yeah. Uh, Marvel Stadium, but yeah. imagine actually a club retiring your number. I mean, that's as, that's as big an honour as you could possibly have. Yeah. W what are your thoughts about the possibility of, of clubs potentially retiring player numbers? Yeah, well, you just got to put in, like, it's a, 
simple maths equation. Like our locker room literally just goes one to forty-seven, pretty much. Like, and because we have rookies that come in, and we have um, academy kids that come in there and use lockers that probably are aren't being used at the moment. I think that retiring jumpers, you wouldn't have any jumpers. Like you have some random ass numbers. You have like, I don't think. I don't think was Brown is Brown fifty. Uh, was, who, yes. who was 50? Someone was 50. Yes, yes. I think yes. Ben Brown was 50, wasn't he? He was, he was. So like, I, don't, I haven't seen any numbers higher than 50. So that's the only one that I could think of. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing like an 89 on the back or someone's jumper. Like, I don't really care about any of that, but you think like, it's kind of, when they give out numbers, I'll run you through how they do numbers for you. So when you first get to the club or say you just get drafted, you get a list of numbers you can choose from. Um, and you got to get, pretty much got to get in first. But if you're like a number one draft pick or whatever, you get first dibs on whatever number's available. So if players retire or they leave that year, you've got first dibs on that. Um, so when I first got to... So I left the Blues. Um, I was number 12 there. And when I got to um, the Lions, obviously Steph Martin was number 12. So I was like, ah, oh, shit, what's the next best number? And I was kind of like the first... Me, me, Dane Beams and Bundy were kind of there. So um, number five, I actually liked number five because uh, Mark Murphy's dad wore it. Um, and Brendan Favola wore it as well when he first got here for the year. But the club was anti that. They were like, nah, no, I have number five because of Fev. Because he wow, was, really? Yeah, because same situation. Like, I got delisted. He got traded. But, like, you know, similar circumstances of um, playing up off field. So, um, they, were, they were anti that. And then, like, I kind of, like, said, no, nah, no, nah, I'm really fixed that number five. Like, me and Emma have spoken about it. I, I like that number. Um, I've now I've got it tattooed on my shoulder because that's a silver lining type thing. But... Um, that's what happens with the numbers and when you get to the club you kind of see all the guys who've played in your number yeah so when you get to the club I, like, I kind of like seeing all the names who've played 100 games so that's pretty cool like they're on my locker so I have like Murphy's dad um, one of the Scott brothers um, and a few of the old past players that are like back in the Fitzroy days so I, I do like the idea of retiring jerseys or jumpers for a little bit of time but not in like not forever because then like Simon Black, like he's he's one of the biggest legends around the club. Cedric Cox, my old housemate, got, got his number. And, you know, Simon Black was around the club and stuff. And it was just really cool that they had that little bond and connection while he was there. So I like the fact that you can do that. And, and it's cool for me to see who's wearing number 12 at the, the Colton Blues now and, and for my son to be able to go in there and see the number on TV and stuff. Like it's just, I, I like the fact that um, you get to choose those numbers. Um, obviously with, with the legends of the club, you can always make sure that whoever gets to the club and wants that number will be there for a long time. That's why they usually give the really good numbers to, when I say really good numbers, I mean like who wore them in the past, um, the profound numbers to someone who might be there around for a while. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I do, like, I do like the fact that you're retiring indefinitely, but full-time retiring numbers, unless like you've got the games holder record or all that kind of stuff, or you're going to be a Dane Zorko who's won five BNFs and probably, you know, one of the best players that the Lions have seen for a long time. Um, that's when you could do it, but not just randomly. So, so, so you, need to, well, you need to do, you need to, I need a few accomplishments and a few accolades along the way. There needs to be yeah. an unreachable criteria, yeah. in my opinion. To you have need that to number. finish top three in games played. Yeah. Multiple premierships. Yeah, yeah. Brownlow medal. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so pretty much Simon Black. It, it so, needs to, it needs to be almost unattainable. Yeah. So that. That's, that's that, what I'm thinking. That, that's where, like, you would only see a number retired once every 30 years. Yeah, if that. Like, that's where I think, and, you know, be at the club for 16 plus yeah, years yeah. or something special where yeah. then, then I, because I, I do think, like, I look at some of the champions of the game and I think, how do we truly celebrate them so that their they legacy. They get a statue. Yeah. That shit's cool. Like, that, that would be 
incredible. Getting, like, a, getting a statue is like the the god of AFL. Like that's the be all and end all. If you get a statue, you know you've made it. Like, you know you've made it. That's you've put in like yeah. You you pretty much if you get a statue at the MCG, you know you've been immortalized. Um, it's one of those things that can never go away. So I think it goes like statue, and then it would go like maybe a best and fairest award named after yourself, um, and then probably a couple other awards. But yeah, I think retirement jumper for a person at the club is it be like should be only one or two max. Retired. Correct. And, and as I said, you you want it to be the Brent Harvey special. type thing, like yeah, games record holder, being at school, coming his butt. Like you, you, you want you you want them to be celebrated to to the point where mm. it, it's very difficult to reach their status. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. Like, and once every thirty years, imagine seeing a number retired because yeah. of you know the contributions that a yeah. that a player has made to yeah. that football club. So at our club, like you'd think. Guernsey number of titles, whether it be Black, Voss, or you know, Ackermans type thing. Correct. And, and maybe Acker doesn't and get And then Brownie or... Like, you know, yeah. There's so many good players in a fucking team. Correct. Correct. But, but Black in my eyes will be the one that I'll, that I'll retire. And he's the most humble bloke I've ever met in my life. So yeah. I'll retire his number. He's played a shitload of games. Um, Brownlow, um, Best and Ferris, Accolades, like three grand finals. That type of thing. That's Correct. when you... But it's hard when... Your whole team's got three premierships. Correct, <laughs> yeah. Couple medalists in there. And 10 years later, everyone's getting their number retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, absolutely. Another thing that I wanted to sort of discuss, and again, it was only because we've, we've, we've mentioned it a couple of times in the off-scene, it always gets mentioned, in particularly during the, the trade period and, and the exchange period, but uh, player salaries and potentially making them publicly... Um, uh, known so that mm-hmm. you know players and fans we talk about always wanting transparency in the game and I suppose players being able to truly be seen as valuable and and I don't want to be say being spoken about as assets and commodities but there's this notion that you know player salaries should be made publicly available I know you're a player and obviously you potentially might not want your salary known um, uh, publicly but would you be for or against mm-hmm. salaries being made yeah, there's no, obviously a lot of pros and cons that come with that. Um, players' mental psyche, for one. Like, let's let's look, talk about Brad Hill for a second. He went to St Kilda, and everyone knows he's on a sh- like a lot of money because you know he went there on a big deal, and you don't leave um, Fremantle if you got all that like Hawthorne to Frio to St Kilda. Like, you don't leave unless you're getting like a lot of money. So he got to St Kilda probably on a big bag, um, and he wasn't living up to what people like expected him to in terms of like money versus output. So he was copping it hardcore uh, in the media. And I'll stack up for a numerous amount of times in here because I know that role is very hard playing that wing role. Um, And another one is it'd also be great for players to know what other players are earning um, just for bargaining, bargaining reasons. Like if say if I was uh, up against um, Dane Zorko and my stats are better than his, um, I'll be like, why is he getting so much? And I'm not like, that's the kind of, that's a pro. But in saying that, like, I would have to kind of um, not tread carefully, but, like, the way, like, you'd be kind of awkward to know exactly what your teammate's on because you'd be like, oh, this bloke's taking shortcuts, he's not doing all the work. Like, holding holding accountable to, like, why you're earning that much and you're not put, giving me the output or what you deserve. So yep. it's it's very it's very hard, but, like, we already cop enough shit. Like, the average salary is, like, 300-something grand, which isn't... Actually, which which is not accurate. Yeah, not, not every players, player nah. is on that. No, nah. well, I'm not on 300 plus, so it's it's something like that. Like I know that's not the average because I'm not I'm an average player. And I'm not on that, so um, that's that's heavily miscued. So it has its pros and cons. I think the public will they would still act the same the way they approach players. Like they just think we we got all 
got all the money and all the cars and all that stuff, which is like not true at all. Um, we still have bills and mortgages to pay, so we don't um, think we don't live our life like it's you know, flashy. Like NBA players, they get money. Correct. NFL players, they get money, and we do like quadruple the work they do in terms of like running and fitness and stuff. Like it's just crazy. But no, I don't, I don't mind it. Like if they put if they, if they started putting them out there, I, I wouldn't care. Regardless, I think it's if it makes the journo's job easier or makes the public. Um, personal connection with players like you just got to think oh, should my salary be made public like if you're yeah. saying oh how much is he making it's too much well how much are you making yeah and it's like it's a rude thing to ask someone too like oh how much money do you earn yeah absolutely like it's, it's, since i've grown up i know that's been a thing and, and i think fantasy football's changed that oh, a little yeah. bit as well fantasy football i'm, I'm like know. top five most expensive players in the yeah. world like <laughs> that makes no sense and then i'm, I'm like i'm not going to go into a recruiting meeting and be like oh robbo's like worth around 800 grand on fantasy why is he only getting paid that much money in real life yeah yeah like it's not real yeah correct it's fantasy oh, absolutely that's why it's called fantasy yeah absolutely <laughs> and, and it leads it leads me to another topic that you and i were, were keen to talk about last week but we just didn't have enough time around you know because again you, you're only a player for a short period of time i think the yeah, average yeah. uh career lifespan is four years yeah, the four average player years. leaves the game at 22 years of yeah. age it's not a long period of time, especially... Even if you play for, like, 10 years, like, what, what's next? Well, and especially if you then decide to start uni, a lot of your friends yeah. that you graduated with in high school Being have already... Done yeah, done that. They've already, they're already 10 years experienced yeah, in yeah. their professional line of work. Yeah, and so they can do that for another 30, 40 years after that. Absolutely. So, so I, I suppose the question I wanted to ask you was, do you think, not necessarily that the game does enough for players to prepare them for life after footy, but do you think players are taking ownership of truly understanding what life after footy is? Or is there still this mentality that while you're a player, football is the only thing that matters and that's what I'm focusing on because I might not be guaranteed next year? Mm, that's that's a good question. It, 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 I reckon it varies in stages of career. Like your first to three year to four year players are still trying to establish themselves in the AFL. So you're not going to be thinking what's life post footy because that's the only time frame you have to make it in footy. So you're not going to be thinking about anything else other than that. And then I think... When I, so when I got delisted, I was like, shit, I, know, I had three months, no contract. I didn't have any like qualifications or anything other than you know AFL and a few coaching clinic stuff that I've been doing. So from then, I, when I had the three-month period, I was like, well, okay, try and get a contract again and then go from there. But fuck, like, what happens next? So from then, I just pretty much started doing everything I could to set myself up for life post footy because I knew that it can get taken away from me like that. You can have one bad injury and you're done, like ACLs. Like, and if you're a top-tier player and you get a couple of ACLs, like... I wouldn't. I would dare say that you probably wouldn't get many, you know, contract offers after that. So, it kind of varies um, for every player. Um, that AFLPA are doing a lot of work behind the scenes. They're giving players half days here, half days there. When you know it's a full time job, but they still want us to do something outside of footy, which is really cool by them. Um, and it's a lot of onus on the players too. Like if you want to go into the AFL and focus only on footy and give that give that like your hundred percent effort every every year. Don't think about anything else other than footy. Then that's your own thing. Um, for me, when I got cut, that was a that was a light bulb moment that I had to do something post footy. So, um, got my full full real estate license. Everyone does um, sports journalism degree type thing. I'm going to do this marketing course soon because um, I think player management's a big thing for me. Um, so that and marketing, along with like PR, would be really cool. So, I want to do that. So that's where I'm set. I'm ready to go. My transition's going to be boom straight into something else. And obviously with the podcast, all the rip through it, fans and. Um, Everyone that's listening and watching wherever they are, that's that's what I love doing. I love doing a bit of media stuff. I don't see myself commentating games because although I might look like I'm doing it right now, um, that's probably not for me because I do swear and I do like my opinion too much and I don't know what channel would, would like that. But 
a lot of plans of um, life post footy, but yeah, I think the AFL are doing the AFLPA are definitely helping behind the scenes and, and getting players set up for financially post footy. But if I could go back, I would have invested my money a lot better. Um, and so when you say that, do you mean investing your money in property? Yeah. Businesses? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that stuff. So, I don't know about shares. Like, Juddy was massive on shares. He would have the age paper and all the share stuff. Like, he would have, like, everywhere he walked because he was big big on that. And he's doing plenty of that post-footy now. Um, but a lot of players just, you know, tuck, tuck the money away and just pay off the house, So which is really good by them. But um, I would have I've been more open to other ideas. And now you've got, like, crypto, you've got NFTs, all this stuff that players are doing and indulging in. So it's, uh, it's a crazy world at the moment with, um, you know, how you can make money. And to be honest, I, I nearly made more money off field last year than um, playing. So that's where my head's at. And I, I've seen that and I understand that's a real thing. Um, so that's why I want to get into marketing because players aren't earning more than they can. Yeah. So, 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 that, so when that happens and you make more money or, or close to an amount that you're yep. actually making on field, mm-hmm. does that completely change your psyche in terms of the revenue you can generate for yourself through the game? Oh, 100%. If we... We, we talk about this a fair bit with AFLPA um, and in, when we're doing the CBA agreements. Like, can we maybe lessen what the, the AFL's protected sponsors are and the major sponsors or what, the, what it looks like for club sponsors? Because, you know, I can't get a car because we're sponsored by Hyundai. So I can't go out and get a car deal, which is like 50, 60 grand car. Like, I, I could get that for free right now. Um, so I can't do that because I can't promote it on my socials because they're protected sponsors of the club. Um, so things like that and being able to actually market yourself properly I, I think it's nowhere near getting done in the AFL and what players can be doing I just saw Bailey Smith is a face of Cotton on now so he'd be getting probably like minimum 100 grand for that like and he's a yeah. big name he's the most followed on um, Instagram in the AFL he's got the luscious mullet and he's, you know, he's obviously a gorgeous human being so um, the only thing I don't like about him is like kicking that fucking left foot goal from the boundary in the final so that's the only thing I've got on him but he, he's doing it pretty well um, in that regard so that type of stuff, like players with like 20, like it all comes down to like what your engagement is on the social media and what you put yourself out there to be. So um, that's something I'm going to do post footy. I can't wait to get stuck in the marketing side and making players, um, giving them deals. Um, obviously, you know, I've got um, pretty re- good relationship with a lot of players in the AFL and a lot of sponsorships and that stuff out there. So if I can do it and I'm just random Joe Blow in the AFL, then, you know, the Charlie Cameron's of the world on the big names in the AFL, Lance Franklin, those guys can be making a, a bucket. So, do, do you think, though, the issue for a lot of players is, and may, maybe this is an issue because of media managers and communications managers, who obviously that's the background that I've come, come into, yeah. but because they're so over-media managed, their personalities aren't shown, therefore they're not... It, every answer is very robotic within yeah, the definitely. AFL. It, like, if you look at the general AFL player... It's, you know, we're taking things week by week. Uh, you know, it's a yeah, massive it's credit a to the boys. It's a process. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about finals, but it's a very robotic, yeah. managed yeah, messaging. And it's very boring. I was and trying to find some articles today to talk about, and there's literally nothing on Herald Sun, and they're usually like the masters of it. Correct. So that just goes to show that, like... Because that hurts players marketable. Uh, 100%. And, like, nothing against the clubs, because they're, they're companies, and they've got to protect their sponsors, and that's where they get, like, never really get the money from. Um... And they've got to keep them happy. They've got to keep you know the supporters and fans happy. So you've got to be pretty like careful what you put out there. And we do media training with the AFL, AFLPA. The club gives us um, things to talk about when before we do press conferences. So you're not going to get your, your answers that you want. Um, and and they and the media know that. But um, to be able to market players, they just have to put themselves out there. And we we, we can and we can't do that at the moment. So. That's where I want to get to long. You know what it's like to be a media manager. You're at one at Gold Coast for five or so years and you understand that's how it works. So um, you, 
a lot of people just saying, would you rather wake up with a headache or would you rather go to bed in early and all that kind of stuff? So that's why I don't go out anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 yeah, you know what I mean? Like waking up <laughs> sun, I can put that, like if you want to post something about yourself, um, understand what the repercussions are. If you want to go out and get pissed with the boys Saturday night, you're going to be hungover Sunday. So yeah. like, can you be bothered with a hangover, hangover or can you not be? So that's the way I look at it. Correct. Very smart, very smart. Hey, before we before we wrap up, because we'll, we'll do these topics over the next few weeks. We've actually yeah, had a couple yeah. that we're going to start rolling out. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about was about in-season trading because we, we see some players at the moment actually still competing for lists, um, in particular at Gold Coast. There's a couple of spots still up for grabs there. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Nathan Freeman's actually one who's, who's hopefully trying to get one of those last spots. But a lot of these guys that are training at clubs, they're likely to be picked up late in the year when COVID really yeah. starts to impact and yeah. Season draft yeah, and yeah. things of that nature, but what are your thoughts around in-season trading? As in trading players, uh, club to club, in-season. Like it is very different. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. in many sports around the world. But you know, the AFL is always trying to evolve and, and revolutionise yeah, yeah. itself. What are your thoughts around that? Do you think that could potentially be of a benefit or a hindrance towards players and clubs? Yeah, it could be a bit of both. Um, I don't know how that would, that would work. Like. So you get a call, for example. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how how and, like how the world would react to that. Yeah, like, you get a call and 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 the club tells you, uh, Robbo, we we love what you're about. Oh but man, we've I just tried you to free I can feel this call coming through. We <laughs> done before. <laughs> I can feel it through the camera. What the fuck? We're, we've just we've just picked up someone from Fremantle. You, where you're part of the deal. Yeah. You're going to be over there. Yeah. But mate, it's all going to work out for you. You've got three days to pack up your stuff. <laughs> And, and head over to Fremantle. What do you think? What do you think your mindset would it's be? It's crazy. That it's crazy. I'll be like, oh, okay. Now you just got to think, what? How has this? How does this happen? Like, oh, okay, I got to pack up my stuff. Look, right now I've got two kids. They're in school. Um, I've got the whole house here. I've got to literally pack all this up and get over to Frio. That's 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 massive. I'd be like, oh, why? What's wrong? Oh, you know, I, I see what can baseball. We do? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Moneyball, but baseball, oh, exactly they're right. ruthless. Like yeah. the way they're going and say, yep, you're going. Yeah, yep. Here's the number. Call it when you're ready. Um, that kind of stuff, as enticing as that sounds for me as a fan, I, I reckon it'd be cool to see that happen. But as a player, that could be one of the worst case scenarios in history. I you, could be, you could be in a premiership team. And I'll, you could be on a fringe or whatever. I reckon Emma would say to you, all the best. Yeah, she'd be yeah. like, okay, well, um, yeah, I'll just see you when, what, when's the season finished? In 20 yeah. some weeks? Correct. And, yeah, oh, I'm 10 weeks? On. Yeah, I'm, I'm chilling. <laughs> um, but in saying that, like, there the, the, must be, like, heavily incentivized bonuses. And, and players, it has to be so regimented and structured because teams can just fucking load up for finals time. Correct. Think about, like, the only, the only time it should work is for, like, a Ruckman, which I think it kind of does. Um, like in the in the preseason, and I think midseason um, draft and stuff, you can go grab ruckmans if you're you're three you're injured. Yep. Um, but yeah, think about like a top tier team picking up another player who's dominating at a shit club, and then gets a chance to go play in a like in a in a finals like team. You just can't do it. Correct. So in in that in that regards, I think it had to be fair, and you had to be like you had to kind of trade the a similar player, or the AFL had to have some kind of involvement because it'll be too yeah, be too full on. Yep. And then think about like oh, Colton and Collingwood. Yeah, correct. Think about like a player going with Colton and Collingwood and like they like trading all the inside knowledge. And when you're halfway through a year, you've got your things set in, like your IP and stuff is all set in stone. You don't change much. So if, if you go to another club, you can just give away everything they know. And that's where I was probably going to, to come from it because yeah. imagine being a player who faces off against their old club in the yeah. finals. Yeah. You, you guarantee you that player is going to be sitting in match committee all week. Uh, you want to know about yeah, it? Yeah, correct. we get asked. So if we get new, say if we got a new player right now from Gold Coast, and they came up here in the in the, in the offie, 
they have meetings with the with the coaches and stuff, and they they pick their brains about similar situations and um, what the setups might be like, and and they usually have a pretty big input too, like the week of that game. So correct, it's um yeah, it would be pr- it'd be crazy for like mid season trades to be happening, but I'd as a fan I'd love to see it happen. It'd be fascinating. It'd be so cool. It'd I, be like, I like trade period regardless, and like I, as even though it goes for a week too long, correct. Um, I do like seeing who gets traded and who gets cut and who gets um like extended time. I like seeing that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I was probably more thinking instead of it obviously just being a twenty two week free for all, having a period in yeah, season yeah mid season where you can obviously have that that yeah, trade. But when they do the draft, that's when you get to trade mid season drafts um, slash trade. I think that'd work and it'd be great for players on the fringe who aren't getting games. Um, use one of our players for example, um, Reese Matheson. He signed up for a couple more years. He'd been on the fringe for like the whole last year. He was travelling emergency. He was emergency like pretty much every game. Played about 10, 11 games as well. Yeah. If he wanted to get traded mid-season, if I was him, I would have been like, yep, trade me. Yep. Because like he, 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 he could play get a game he, anywhere else. He definitely else. played in a lot of, a lot of other clubs. Yeah. And, but, you know, he loves the club. He's passionate. That's his example. And he'll play games anyway. So he's going to stay here. He signed a two-year deal here anyway. So he loves the club, loves Brisbane. But that's his example. Like if he's on the fringe... Man, I would have gone on, yeah, trade me in a heartbeat. Definitely, definitely, absolutely. Uh, anything else before we want nah, to wrap up that this is week? it. So Thursday we have got something dropping, which is really cool. Obviously, we're um, doing a podcast with Alex Glenn and Jordan Kahu. Um, talk all things sport. Yes. Big variety, yes. so it's not going to be just AFL. So that's something that's really cool. They bring a little bit something different. Um, as do we. Yeah, as do we, but they're going to bring their own little spice. I'm guessing they're pretty close friends and their game is I'll play Warzone against them. So we've got that banter stuff already. So looking very forward to that. But um, yeah, I'm excited, mate. Um, been doing some inter-club stuff and I've, I've been in the A-team. As if you want to know, I've been in the A-team. So I've been playing well on the wing there. Um, but no, everything's going well. So I'm excited. The podcast is doing good. Um, we're back. We are back. We're going to keep doing it every week, I every promise. Week. If not, we'll do it over on Skype, whatever we're doing on. But yeah, yeah we would like to get in here. If you've got any questions or anything like that, send them through on this episode because we don't want to keep talking about what's in the news and what's, you know, what's going on. We want to talk about our own topics. Correct. Break, break some stuff open uh, go and go from there. So leave your comments. Make sure you like and subscribe and watch out that Rob Vlogs. Boom. Next, till next week. Till next week. I'll see you soon. Peace I'll out. see you Thursday. I'll see you in two, 48 hours. <laughs> I'll see you in 48 hours.